Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Pep pledges his heart to Palace's keeper as City drop points in this racy title race. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Tuesday, 15th of March. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Jim Campbell. Tuesdays all round. How's it going, Luke Moore? You've got a tan. I don't have a tan. No, you don't. I'm very happy to be back. Thank you. I've definitely been within proximity of the sun, mm-hmm. but the sun either ignores or abuses me. Are you taking so. your vitamin D tablets, actually, Jim? I'm not, actually. No, very important, Ramble right. listeners, so to take pale. to take the vitamin D. And it annoys me even more because I, Jim and I used to be physically quite equal. <laughs> now Jim looks great. How are, how are you rating that? Oh, I see. Jim looks great. If you were doing that yourselves out of 10. Kind yeah. of you, but I do look a bit like I live in the woods at the moment. True, so. but that's a good thing. It's a big look. <laughs> it's a big look. I think there was a researcher once who tried to figure out how it was to live as a badger. So right. He, so he just, like, it was doing a study at Oxford and he decided to live. He shouldn't be there. He it, decided mm. to live, like, with his nose on the ground. He could only find stuff it's like not a official yeah. Oxford. That's not an official University of Oxford study. No, but you got, yeah. they got that to push the boundaries. That wasn't a scholarship. That one, was <laughs> exactly, yeah. I don't know what he found out. It's, you can make your senses better, I think, was the outcome oh, okay. of that. You okay. know, because if you've got to really focus on sniffing out, what do badgers eat? Don't look at me like that, Jim. I'm just fascinated by the Catherine Wheel of Kate Mason yeah, non-sequiturs exactly. that we start this show with. <laughs> exactly. Today it's living as a badger. Exactly. <laughs> it's what you're here for. Yeah. But yeah. you're also here for this absolutely brilliant nil-nil. I love it. I love a good nil-nil. Mm. Luke Moore's a purist of football. He loves a good nil-nil. Palace, nil. Manchester City, nil. Did you know only one other team since Pep Guardiola took over at Manchester City have held over the course of a season um, City to uh, shut out City in both of their games. The other yeah. team is Manchester United, and now right. it's Crystal Palace. Yeah, it was, a, and it was a great game, wasn't it? I yeah. mean, it was it was a fantastic game to watch because um, it, it felt to me like both teams fully understood the assignment. And <laughs> but, but 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 having said that about Palace under Vieira, you don't feel like they are without threat themselves, right? So sometimes mm. you see a team set up to, to 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 shut out a team like Man City. I think Vieira was asked about it after the game and he said, he was asked whether they'd worked on anything different during the week. And he said, yeah, we've obviously worked a lot more on our defensive shape. But they still seemed like they had a threat. Mm-hmm. He was still brave enough to bring on two attacking players as substitutes. You know, that, it felt that, and I think that it, the, the great, the most pleasing thing for the neutrals among us about that was that you knew that Guardiola and City knew that. Yeah. We've been beaten by these before. Mm-hmm. They've got a they threat. Fancy it. Yeah, and and I think given and the point before I hand over to Jim, the point I really want to make as well, to make it absolutely clear, 
is Crystal Palace are a team that really have nothing more to play for in the league, right? Ooh. So they've got every they've got every um, reason to to kind of prioritise other areas, and there are other teams, and there will be other teams between now and the end of the season who will not show anywhere near that kind of gumption that Palace showed last night because of the league position they're in. And I think it's a testament to Vieira and the coaching staff there and the players' application that they're able to perform like mm. that. Absolutely. I mean, you, the league position is right, but they're in that position for a reason, right? So they're sat in 11th at the moment, as you say. Above no us. danger of them going down. Um, so they're, they're just sort of enjoying it, aren't they? But, you but sense... sometimes that can manifest itself in a more kind of less less applied yeah, way. Yeah, absolutely. But they're building yeah. for the future. I think that's the difference. That's mm-hmm. probably your point about Vieira. But too. there's a real sense of character about them. And Palace have always, always had that, really. But obviously... You know, when you when you're in a the position they're in, it's a lot easier to to kind of manifest that. But they just they just fancy it, don't they? They like bloody in noses. They don't they don't yeah they don't care. They they are who they are. They know who they are. They're they're loving it. They're enjoying it. it and there's a sense of like you're not going to get one over on them. I like yeah. that. You yeah, know? yeah. You they're, can't they're get one always going to give you a tough. You have game. to get pretty up, up pretty early in the morning to get one past me. Is what they're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For, well, the- for me, probably get up at ten thirty. You'll still be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Not for Palace. On which no. note, did you, did you enjoy zone. them keeping City waiting after half yeah. time? It had all oh. the, it had all the great bits you want. It had that little mind game. It had um, uh, the Crystal Palace goalkeeper being confused by a really mad peanut, like he <laughs> right in his face, right in his face after the game. Why does he do that? Why does he do? Because he loves him. No idea he what's shut out his city side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Guaita. It's like he's saying to me, "I've already got one, boss. I don't yeah. need another one." Stop this. And he also weirdly quite looks like a peanut. <laughs> I don't need another one. No, you say you saying Pep Guardiola is saying you might have snatched the title away from us, and I love that Guaita. Is that what he was saying? I love what I, I mean. I imagine. Does anyone know what he was saying? No, I mean my mad stuff. Because the Redmond thing, he said he was trying to. Tell him how great he was or something. Yeah. But that to me I'm felt sure like a ruse. I'm sure he was trying to tell him how great he was. Surely. Okay. He, yeah. he made some incredible saves. He's like a fan, isn't he, Pep, sometimes, when yeah. he forgets himself. Because he just loves it so much. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's I mean, just that again. Gaeta made some good saves. He did. But it wasn't an absolute answer. They only have four shots on target. Yeah, really. but uh, they weren't like they weren't necessarily going to go down as like the greatest saves of all time or anything. But I they did they changed the, the game, right? He was down on the ground. Yeah, exactly. That one was brilliant. That was great. Yeah, but that's... He's so... You know, you've got them a point there, right? Well, I think I think that's, it's funny, isn't it, when people talk about that? I understand why you say that, and I don't necessarily disagree. It's a team game, Jim. We but keep telling you. The goalkeeper... What, what people he's in the team, though. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're both right. But the point being that what... I'm not saying you guys have done this, but what happens a lot in the coverage of football is that it's like pundits don't understand that the goalkeeper's just got a slightly different job to everyone else mm. and they can't process it or he can use his hands so he's either the reason they've lost the game or the reason they've not lost the game and it obviously isn't like that if you look at the shape Palace had the whole game it was incredible like whenever you look at a team without the ball playing against oh, the Man yeah. City team you can tell whether they well you can't necessarily tell but you can tell whether they've got a good chance of doing something or not Yeah. and Palace's shape was amazing and that's a testament to what he's done there Vieira because they were a completely different team last season yeah. a completely different they played completely differently had different players all the rest of it different manager and um, for what he's been able to achieve there I think they've had, a, they've had a really really good season Well look Manchester City though have had 32 shots without scoring across both games against Palace this season the other thing I liked seeing in terms of uh, Palace having chances Luke was that mm. I really enjoyed that uh, Conor, G- Conor Gallagher attempt in what the first minute of stoppage time he was still absolutely yeah. going for him and the the power and the the kind of focus to be still doing that at that stage in the game was I thought kind of representative of what Conor Gallagher has been like for Palace this season and he's um it's really cool hearing about the kind of conversations that Vieira and because you know Makaleli is part of the setup at Chelsea keeping uh contact with their endless streams of um, low knees yeah 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 so it must be kind of incredible if you're Conor Gallagher to have like Vieira and Makaleli having yeah. a chat about how incredible it's you a great are environment. How, yeah how you, bad, should, is it? how you should play for Chelsea next season where presumably he will be His, well I wouldn't who knows I wouldn't I wouldn't. oh I'd, god yeah probably, <laughs> we'll come on to that I'll probably stop short of predicting anything that's happening with Chelsea at the moment but um, he his energy is unreal. His energy for a person of my age is quite difficult to even watch yeah. because it's hurtful mm. to see what he's putting his body through. But he's he's and, and what it shows you actually because he said after the game how tired he was and all the rest of it. And, and I think he couldn't fit. He said, "I don't know where my legs are." Yeah, I can't feel my legs. And Vieira was very pra- praising him as well, and he was obviously decisive in the game against Man City first time around too. But what that shows you, I think, is that 
you know, there are a lot of really talented players, um, young players in, in the Premier League and beyond. But actually, what needs to happen for you to, in, at this level of football, you just have to work really, really hard. It's just, no, it's just non-negotiable, really. Mm-hmm. Particularly in that situation, that game specifically last night, he like, he, he, he never stopped running. And the fact that he had that chance um, very, very late on the game is kind of further testament to what we were saying earlier about them bringing attacking subs on, really fancying it, giving Man City something to think about. And that in its way can be a defensive tactic as well. You know, when Barcelona under Guardiola used to keep the ball all the time, people who knew a lot more about football than me would say, well, it's a defensive tactic too, because mm. you're basically just by probability limiting the chances the other team are going to have because they only get like 20% yeah. of the ball. And you so, also knacker them out because they're chasing yeah, shadows the whole game. Exactly. With this, you bring on attacking players and it almost gives you control because you say, okay, even though they're a better team than us, we've got players here that can hurt them. And they, 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 if they're across their brief and detail-driven, which Guardiola obviously is, he's going to have to react to that. Yeah. So it's a way of grabbing control. You pose well. questions to them, right? Yeah. In, in the way a lot of teams don't. Um, but yeah, Gallagher, it's, it's his, his enthusiasm is really infectious, isn't it? And I think actually he was kind of emblematic of the way Palace approached the game because he's come off talking about how he can't feel his legs. And he just looked like he'd had a brilliant time. They look like they had fun out there playing against Man City. So few teams will approach them like that. Because mm. you can see, like, City start a lot of games 1-0 up, psychologically almost, mm. you know. And and Palace, twice this season, have just been like, nah, fuck that. Absolutely <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. that. What yeah. a season he's had as well. First cap for England. Yeah, absolutely. Get him on the... Get him on the boat. He well, took that ball around the pitch like an estate agent showing off a cozy little Selhurst Park flat. It was great. <laughs> he does look a bit great. like an estate agent. Then he talks like one as yeah, well. Yeah. And long may it continue. Rich. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, Pep says, we played to win the... Speaking of selling Selhurst Park, we played to win the game. The stats are there. In a difficult stadium with the grass not perfect, Jim. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, well, Connor might have something to say about that. Sick yeah. burn. Yeah, it is a sick burn. Well, well there's always going to be something, isn't there, with Pep? It, but it is a difficult stadium for an away team, and yeah. that's, that's, that's yeah, a perfectly legitimate Yeah, but don't diss the turf. I, don't, I think that's weak. I mean, it might even be a, it might even be deliberate from, from Palace. You know, teams do that, don't they? Yes. They adjust the pitch for Well, don't react know, to it, Pep. Might, you've, you've, you've been mind-gamed out by Vieira yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think, uh, you know, it's very, very difficult trying to analyse what Guardiola says because it sometimes seems like total stream of consciousness. Mm. Um, Sorry, it also doesn't seem like a, it was a missed opportunity from City, does it? It's just like they did everything they could to win the game, and they, they just didn't happen. For yeah, them. And, and that happened exactly right, Jim. And that happens in in, in the Premier League when we talk. Because what what will happen from now till the end of the season, if it goes as we expect, is people will spend all their time talking about the title race between Man City and Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And what that does, I understand why that is, but what that does is that disrespects a team like such as Palace, who have had a really good season and are very well organised and very impressive team to watch. Now. They the, the narrative, I haven't seen the papers this morning, but the narrative will probably be they've given City a bloody nose in the title race. We understand why that is. But Palace, these teams will have a say in this. These teams aren't just going to roll over. You know, Liverpool are now in a position where I think if they win every game for the rest of the season, they'll win the league because they play Man City, right? The other teams who they're playing will have something to say about that. They just will. And yeah, Liverpool play Man United um, after they play Arsenal, don't they? So there's two big games. There's a lot to be said yet. The point being, Arsenal are in great form. You know, Man United aren't brilliant, but they always have this kind of feeling about them even now that they can do something in a Man City game or a mm-hmm. Liverpool game or whatever. So and those games are by, the, by their nature a little bit unpredictable because exactly. of the emotion involved, right? So there's a lot of twists and turns yet, Kate. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, keep it twisty and turny. Yeah, great stuff from Palace and Tyrant Mitchell as well, Michael Lise. Some of these players just looking really shocked. Did, did Kyle Walker look a tiny bit, maybe he was made to look a tiny bit slow, a tiny bit off the pace? Well, you bet you're a braver person than yeah, me. I know, yeah, I know, I know, I know. You can slag him I'm... off for loads of stuff, but maybe not his pace. Yeah, yeah. It, I just felt like, maybe I'm not talking about him, I'm not talking about the pure, like because as we know, he's one of the fastest runners in the league, but I'm talking about maybe the, the reading of it. He just, it just, I don't know, to me, he seems a tiny bit off, but... Um... Pep, Pep, Pep doesn't need another reason to have a go at Carl Walker. <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe he's that's in, what he's it in is. His head. He's he, still angry with me. It's funny that, so Guardiola, for all these like, weird foibles, he's clearly quite a clever man. Mm-hmm. Carl Walker's not a clever man. <laughs> and I think that sometimes that's a, a bone of contention between them. Yeah. Like, if you if you just Google Carl Walker, Pep Guardiola, <laughs> it's just like, I'm so angry with him. <laughs> Pep Guardiola blasts Carl Walker. Yeah. Maybe his pace is just a response to nominative determinism. He's like, yeah. no, no, I'm, no, I am a <laughs> Oh, I want to run away from Pep as much as I can. <laughs> yeah. Pep's all the footballing son, Leo Messi's been having a bit of a tough time of it lately. Yeah. In booed. This is a and remarkable the, situation. It really Paris, is. For, yeah, the Paris, Paris Saint-Germain fans booing his arse off. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, him and Neymar were booed 
um, over various touches of the ball at the weekend. Every single touch, I think. But also when he, at the beginning, like, you know, when the players are out normally, it's Hey, um, Mbappe, hey, and it was like Neymar. Mm. Must have made it easy for the Opta guys, at least. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) think about Neymar is, right? He is a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) He's a great player. I thought I was a braver man than you. I wouldn't say that. Why? I don't know, I'd be scared. Look, I love Neymar as a footballer. They can bleep it. Um, But (laughs) but he's he's a fanny. I think he's a... Obviously, a, a remarkable football player, and he's given us a lot of interesting moments, a lot of entertainment. But the, the, the situation at PSG is, I think, is remarkable, and I've, I've already lobbied Brussels and uh, producer Charlie to talk about it on Thursdays on the continent on the old WhatsApp. Oh, I thought you were hoping for another little wee holiday to Paris. No, 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 no. I no, thought no, that's no. what that was going. I'm just down. back. I've just settled back in. Home sweet home. I'll yeah. go away again for at least another couple of weeks. Oh. Um, but, but I, I do think it's kind of been understated, possibly because there's been bigger news elsewhere, which I understand. Of, of exactly what's been going on at PSG because it is an utter shit show. It's mm. like a total shit show. I haven't got it in front of me, but it's worth digging out the English translation of the letter that the PSG fans group open letter wrote um, mm. around this game against Bordeaux, who are awful, by the way, bottom of the league, terrible, um, because it was an absolute evisceration, like a surgical evisceration of everything that's happening mm. at the club. I, I heard it being read out on the radio by Mark Chapman last night and I, I, just, I almost wanted to stand and applaud in my yeah. kitchen. It was so incisive. And uh, it's all about how this person needs to go, that's not good enough, we are the people that care about this club, you guys aren't, all the rest, of, all the usual stuff, but it was just very, yeah, it was particularly incisive. Mm. The and club's current situation, they said, I've only got a tiny bit of it, it says that this club's current situation requires complete reorganisation at all levels going forward and the daily presence of its president. Yeah, oh yeah. And then they, they obviously want to get rid of Leonardo as well. Mm. Um it's clear that you, these guys are very aware of the price of everything, but simultaneously the value of nothing, right? So yeah, if they, they think that, and it fucking gives me great pleasure, actually. Do you know what? It gives me great pleasure that someone can't just walk in yeah. with a lot of money and get absolutely everything they want. Yeah. By their own standards, their own stated aims, they failed. And I quite like the fact that they failed. I've got no beef with the fans. I, I, I obviously want fans to support their clubs. I, I completely agree with what the guys said on Friday about that. You should support your club if, you know, if it's your team. But they have been under the impression they can just do whatever they want and it hasn't worked for them. They said that, again, the ultras, they say that Nasser Khalifi, who is the president, right, um, he deserves credit and he's overseen the P- PSG's dominance of French football, blah, 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 seven league titles in the, in, since 2011 when he joined. Um, but that he's no longer the man to take the club forward. And I think you're you're right. I know what you're saying, Luke, because it feels a little bit smug to talk about it, but you're right. Like, this is a kind of purchasing talismans, purchasing, purchasing people that are famous and that, are, you know, the pinnacle of football, mm. and then just sort of having, expecting someone like Pochettino as the boss to just organise that. I mean, that's been going on for a fuck of a long mm. time. You know, look at what happened with Cavani having to just do whatever the fuck because Neymar was in suddenly and yeah. the way that people were just expected to accommodate not to a team but just to some, like, lovely pinnacle-style purchases. Yeah, absolutely. And the, one of the um, one of the um, lines, if you will, in the, in the statement um, put out by the PSG fans said words to the effect of it essentially feels like the season only starts for you in February. Yeah. And you just completely devalued the domestic competitions. Now, this is criticism that fans of other clubs have had of PSG. And it is a, it's a reminder that this, this is an institution that has fans that were there <laughs> a long, long time before all this. Yeah. But if, because they weren't exactly the hugest name, it's not like they'd never achieved anything, but, you know, they weren't, they yeah. weren't the name they are now, obviously. It is tempting to it's very easy to forget that that that's come at a cost if it's boring for us as well it just the soul has been ripped out of that club just through them winning everything domestically no but it's also the big you're right but over and above that it's also the feeling I think that they are a marketing force, mm-hmm. a brand-led kind of social media operation, like a like a project. Yeah, yeah. which is true of Cause, cause clubs some, from it obviously is. Manchester United it, all the way down. It's been a criticism of Manchester United, but it's notable, I think, that in that letter they included something about the different colours of all the strips. Right. How can we be a unified club that we can be proud of when ah. our strips change colour every five minutes? Kind of thing. It was, it was that yeah. kind of thing. But you know, why is it? It's, it's good for them, isn't it, to have Neymar advertising Qatar National Bank? I mean, this is right. just part of the flows. And uh... but 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 it's 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 
at its heart, it speaks to the fact that football will always be a team game, right? So if you talk about the stuff off the pitch, which we just have done there, you talk about the stuff on the pitch, they're less than the sum of their parts because they haven't put any thought into what they're going to do for it as a team because it's taken them no respect or no earning to get there. Mm. Like, they, haven't, they haven't been through the processes yeah. of building something over time, necessity being the mother of invention, and it shows. It shows that the reason they don't treat it with any respect is because they've got no respect for it. They don't have to have any respect for it yeah. because they've got, they're, they're richer than God. So, and that comes with its own problems. And the, we should be proud and pleased that the world still can exist on that level because otherwise the bastards will win. Mm. And that's not what we want because it's not right. So, so we should say thank you to Nasser Khalifi for uh, backing our theory of humanity. I would say pride before. Thanks, mate. I would say pride before a fall. I can't I call say. him mate. Actually, I'd probably get get me shut down. Mm. We'll get letters. Paolo Di Canio says I prefer a soulless human to an emotionless extraterrestrial. Messi uh, showed the limitations of his personality. He's talking about Messi there, not NASA. Of course, he can be whistled. Thousands of followers waited for him, dreamed for him, but his behaviour has not been correct. Neymar's even worse. He hasn't done anything special. And last month, he said he wanted to go to MLS to have three months of vacation. Uh, and that's that last criticism in particular is so fair, isn't it? I mean, he's he's not even hiding the fact that he's just sort of coasting. Mm. It's it's phenomenal, really. And it, there's a sense of... I know the situations at PSG and Chelsea are completely different for completely different reasons. But it feels like there is this groundswell now of people being fed up with this sort of stuff. And it's like the kind of new money clubs are sort of, or the, the the model of that is maybe buckling under its own just obscenity, really. Yeah. And when was the last time you saw Lionel Messi score two goals in 1,400 minutes of football? <laughs> yeah. It's phenomenal, isn't it? He just looks so ordinary. Yeah. I wonder if, like, is part of that because he doesn't really want to be there? And and the situations of of you know well, that had a really detrimental ef- effect on his yeah. psyche, or is it just that age has caught up with him? It's 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 weird and sad to or see. Or is he a fraud? He could be a fraud. Actually, <laughs> there's a lot of that about. If he bowl shaves his head, fraud. he's in big trouble because Jim yeah. Cowboy's going to call out bowl, bowl Absolutely. fraud. Absolutely, bowl cut fraud. Yeah. That's yeah. what he is. Yeah, at least Paul Pogba's admitted it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Martinez is like, a fraud. The, the, I mean. It's strange in the context of what, uh, for example, what Emmy Martinez said this week that the Argentina kit man has to take 650, mess, 650 guys, messy shirts on two game international duty for the staff players, etc., who want one. Players? That, it's an incredible. Players, yeah, of course, everyone's a messy shirt. It's an incredible. Because nobody is messy, except a, right now when Messi's a bit shit. It's a brilliant insight into just the level of which Messi is as a, as a personality and as what he's achieved in the game. That is incredible. 650 shirts for people in a two-game yeah. international break. It's genuinely deified, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. But can he press? <laughs> he doesn't want to. He can. He won't. We'll come back to all this. I don't think this thread of chat is, uh, is quite finished for today's ramble, but let's get to a quick break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
to run and does. Can he play a colleague through? It's Jacob Murphy released. Murphy one on one. Jacob Murphy to win it. Oh, oh just no. put it in the oh, net. No. <laughs> God, that feels like a long time ago. Yeah, it does. It? Yeah. Just put it in the net. Welcome back to the football ramble. It's me, Luke, and Jim, and you're here today. And now we've got some emails. Yes, hello to all of you who've emailed in to us recently, but specifically to Simon Carter, whose email we're going to read out now. He says, All right, Ramblers, I'm so disillusioned with current goal celebrations. Every goal with Ronaldo aside seems to be a knee slide. Where are the backflips, the Jimmy Bullard naughty school kids, and the reeled in fish? Why are the current generation of footballers so blinded? the possibilities when it comes to celebrating in a world proliferated by TikTok dances. Some of the football may be scintillating, but the celebrations are increasingly predictable. Where are this generation's Aspria and Luar Luar? Shame on you, Premier League. Uh... Now, I've got a take on this, which I'll just deliver very quickly as an addendum to the email before I hand over to you guys. I like celebrations that are a bit different and interesting and most importantly, passion fueled but I don't like the overwrought kind of yeah. pre-planned ones too much because I mm. think it's a little bit kind of affected. Did yeah. you not like old, um, oh, fucking hell, Jesse Lingard getting the back t- the band back together? Were you not into that? Was that a bit modern for you? Was that for England? No, it's, no, West, it's Ham. Man, West Ham. Uh, West Ham, of course yeah. it's for West yeah. Ham, yeah. Yeah, that, I, I, can't that was really, I can't fully remember it. it was, they, they, were all, they all had their jobs in yeah, a band. They, oh, they, okay. clearly, they clearly planned it, yeah. they? But it's they, a team that's on the very limit for me. Because that, uh, that would have taken quite a lot of practicality. Yeah. The thing I is, thought. I think that one's okay because Lingard has a sort of personality where it's like, it's just funny that he's that he's planned it. Also, yeah, you, you are doing his little branded hand <laughs> celebration. I saw a bloke with a J-Ling's cap on the tube once. I'm doing your one, Luke. Is it got Wu-Tang? Is it Wu-Tang? <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, he makes a good point though. You, the TikTok you, thing is interesting because this sort of thing has never been more prevalent in society yeah. and yet footballers are shying away from it. But do you, do you not... Um... Do you understand my point about it gets to a certain point where you think that's instinctive, passion, quite mm. funny. If it's if it's something that's reacting to something that's happened very recently like in the game or whatever, mm. I think that's cool. And I, and I also think that um, the, what, the best pre-planned one for me was uh, Wayne Rooney getting knocked out. That was pre-planned, but, but it's quite funny. Hate, the did Lee you hate the Antonio though. one then? Oh, okay. Sorry, hang on. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, did you hate the Antonio, Antonio one where he had a... Dirty dancing. Well, he he kind of he started to make. Now, that was good because it was instinctive. But he, he well, he had to have his own uh, thing of himself. I thought, he just ready. Saw, I thought he just saw it and he picked it no, up. No, I think he brought it. He he almost turned it into a, his own personal brand for a while because he did the Homer Simpson one as well. Yeah, he did loads of different ones. I, I, I'm conflicted on it as you can obviously hear. The best one he did was when he scored a goal and then drove into a fan's front garden dressed as a snowman. <laughs> It really, really went you above just and beyond the goal. There. Yeah, on Christmas Day, by the way. On I'm Christmas pre- Day, I'm pretty sure and Mick Antonio brought that specifically because I think he had okay. it tucked down the side. So I think that no, undermines fair. it in, in in your kind no, of criterion. I so um, I like a very simple goal celebration personally. Like I really right. like the Harry Kane one where he's just oh he's just what a surprise! Yeah. Fucking grow up! Absolutely. <laughs> Never going to fucking talk to you. Utterly gormless. Harry scored a goal. Right? <laughs> no, I like it. Just some sort of simple move. Just yeah, like Alan Shearer. One every time. and done. One and done. Exactly. Nah, I don't know about that. I guess when you score as many goals as those two, yeah, you get you, You've got to be economical it. with it, right? Think about Change it. Yeah, the, the minutes, the minutes you've spent celebrating, you could be using them on something else. Mm. Harry Kane. Uh, yeah, don't forget, guys. Before we get to the next one. Um, get your dilemmas or questions in. It's Pep Talks tomorrow on the show. It's shirtfootballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble now. Um, we're going to talk about Chelsea and we wanted to start off with this email from Alex Witty. Thanks for sending this in, Alex. Um, he says, or she says, you say, I've been a Chelsea fan for 30 years. I have celebrated and been delighted by our success during the Roman Abramovich era. But what is happening in Ukraine is horrifying. And Abramovich is guilty by his close association with Putin. I feel anxious and shocked at the very real threat to my club's existence. But this is nothing in comparison with what the people of Ukraine are experiencing now. There's more at stake here than football. It saddens me that there are Chelsea fans chanting Abramovich's name and claiming there's a witch hunt. It's also sad to hear fans of other clubs with questionable owners and dubious commercial interests taking delight in our situation. This has nothing to do with support for the people of Ukraine and everything to do with football tribalism and self-interest. 
Football has become commoditized and politicized to such an extreme, it's almost impossible to follow the club you love without questioning your morals and values and attacking fans of other clubs as a way of defending your own. It is ugly and totally against the spirit and principles of sport. Fan passion and rivalry is an integral part of the experience, but it should be about what happens on the pitch, not off it. And in the current context, rivalry shouldn't feature at all. As Thomas Tuchel, who has exhibited exemplary leadership, said, now is not the time for sending other messages. All fans of all clubs should be uniting behind Ukraine. When this is over, I hope we can also unite to force through the reforms badly needed across sport, business and politics to prevent this ever happening again. This is a wake-up call that surely cannot go unanswered. Alex, cheers for sending that in. We wanted to include it and talk, we're going to go on obviously here and talk more about the situation at Chelsea at this particular motion in, moment in time because of course it's changing all the time and we, we're trying to keep across everything that's happening. But we really wanted to really identify, Jim, the fact that, yeah, there's there's clearly Chelsea fans who are having a perfectly, you know, are aligned with lots of other football fans in feeling unhappy and and distressed by what's happening not just from um not just from a tribal perspective yeah absolutely and I, I think there's a lot of points raised in that email that, that are very interesting and, and worth coming back to um but it is hard not to have sympathy for some of the more measured fans who are have this conundrum in front of them because really this could have happened to anyone's club you know it's that's mm. that's the the thing, and I think he's absolutely right about the sort of glee that's been taken by by some fans. This it comes from the fact that Chelsea have distorted the the, the transfer market so much in the last twenty years, and they've done a lot of things that have made essentially made football less competitive just across the board. So I think that's where that comes from. But this is this is why people like this have got involved in football, isn't it? Because you that loyalty is is pretty unique, and 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 you know at a time where populism is is so so rife in 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 a way that we've not seen in our lifetimes it's one of the most popular things and it's a, it's a tribally popular thing it's, it's a lot of the people sort of saying that it's a witch hunt and saying this that opinion that opinion is what they that they've bought isn't it it's what 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 they've invested in in the club for in with the, you know the owners that that sports wash essentially because well, fans, this, if this they... is all part of that process, part of that cycle. Because if fans feel like that, then they don't have to engage, or if that's what they say, then they don't have to engage with the broader issues. Yeah. Well, absolutely, and also, you know, there's a lot of whataboutery going around, isn't there? As well, like, oh, your club does this, your club does that. It's like this situation is far, far more serious than the sort of tribalism here. And also, Chelsea aren't going to go out of business, are they? It's going to be difficult for them for a bit. Things will be different for sure, but. Mm. I don't think there is a true existential threat to the club. Mm. I think it's important to include that email as an opinion of a, of a reasonable fan because the, as ever the most vocal elements of the Chelsea you know fan community have been the you know the things that the media pick up on so that it'll mm-hmm. be interview an idiot outside the ground pick up on the fact that some fans are cheering Roman Abramovich's name that football fans of, of, of a certain stripe have got a terrible reputation and a terrible history for that it's Chelsea fans of that nature are by no means the first people to be a, cheering inappropriate things and singing about it, and B, having no real interest beyond the very surface level of their the players they've got on their pitch or the manager they want or the money that's been spent. And that's kind of why that stuff happens. It's good to hear from reasonable, thoughtful football fans because I, you know, we want to make shows for them as well, right? So um, Predominantly for them. For, yeah, predominantly for them, <laughs> yeah. of course, exactly. Um, and the reason I mentioned the money thing is because the money thing is at, is at the heart of this. And when Roman Abramovich came into Chelsea, he completely changed English football forever, mm. right? It was, you know, back in whenever it was, 2005. It can't be forgotten that this is about more than just Chelsea because it's about how English football and the landscape of it changed when Abramovich came in. Now, of course, that was waved through by the powers that be at the time. Many people, this is before the ramble started, but many people I remember um, were very critical of it, understood exactly where the money came from. Mm understood that it was essentially dirty money. And there's been a rewriting of that, hasn't there? There's been a lot of people saying, oh, no one complained at the time. That's not true at no. all. And again, and again, that will be partly because Rebranovich would have been welcomed to a certain level by not speaking much and not mm. removing any doubt um, that, of the type of person he is, which I think was probably quite clever by him. 
Um, he's been he's kind of been seen as part of the furniture, right? Now the tipping point came a few weeks ago. We know all about that. The guys talked about it last week in my absence and all that kind of stuff. So I don't need to go over that again. But for whatever reason, the tipping point came, and now it's no longer acceptable. Now I I don't think it should have been acceptable from the start, and I don't think anyone on the ramble at least, would have said anything different. Agreed. But And it's a moment now, isn't it, Luke? You know, the fact that this is being talked about has nothing to do with a witch hunt. This is almost like a moment for this to happen. It's yeah. an absolute tragedy that the moment has been a bloody unprovoked war yeah. in, the, in, the, in your neighbouring country. But if it's almost like this thing about the news cycle, oh, the news cycle doesn't care about blah, blah, blah. The point is... You're right, but there are reasons why there is a focus right now on this and mm-hmm. people should take advantage of it. Yeah, I think ultimately, you alluded to it there, but if it, it, should, it should go without saying, but if it doesn't, our first and foremost thought should be with the people who are being invaded, the people who are oppressed and the people who are a victim of this awful thing that's happening in Ukraine. And there should be no doubt about that. But if we're going to stick to talking about football, at least ostensibly, the reason I want to mention the money point is because I don't think it's been mentioned enough that the whole point of this is because the Premier League has an obsession with money Mm. from players to ownership to media to fans to everyone, right? And it's been waved through because people have been prepared to turn a blind eye about where the money's come from. Now, there are many successful wealthy people in the world who I'm sure have made their money in perfectly legitimate ways and done great for themselves and good luck to them. I have no problem with that. I'm not one of these people who says, oh, if you're really, really wealthy, that is by its definition corrupt. I I don't agree with that. But there are many people out there, of which are, many are prevalent in football at the moment, who've got their money through ill-gotten means. And it's no longer now acceptable for, for the football community to, to, to kind of wave that through for whatever reason. And I do applaud, for example, the stuff that Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher said on Monday Night Football last night. They were very honest, very frank, and I thought they called it right. But they're working for fucking Sky Sports, right? And Sky Sports have developed an obsession with money in our game for years and years and years, to the point where they've literally had totalizers mm. in transfer windows to glorify and celebrate the amount of money that's been spent without a single thought from where that money's come from. And that has been acceptable, and not only acceptable, but encouraged by everyone in the game, pretty much. And now, all of a sudden, we've been dancing with this devil for so long, and now the music stopped. I'm sorry, Chelsea fans, if you don't like it, you're going to have to accept it because you didn't care about it when, it when when it first came along and now it's ended. You've had a lovely old time, but it's over now. And I hope this is a tipping point. And I'll be perfectly honest, when Chelsea, I don't want Chelsea to go out of business. I'd like them to, they're a, a proud historic club and they deserve what they deserve and the fans deserve to have a club to support. But I hope this is a tipping point and I hope as soon as this is sorted out, I hope the attention goes immediately to Saudi Arabia and Newcastle United because Saudi Arabia have been guilty of many, many things, not just those executions, which are horrific over the weekend, but they've been involved for seven years in a war in Yemen, uh, in Yemen which has not been covered for whatever reason as much as this Ukraine war. Uh, but that should be the next attention. And we should, but we should be very, very, I'm sorry to rant on about this, but very, no, very quickly, please. we should be very realistic in what we expect though because today as we record this our prime minister is going to saudi arabia to try and increase diplomatic relations so we're less reliant on russian oil apparently well it's kind of missing the point there Mm. and we should also remember that the uk government intervened directly to allow this takeover of newcastle to happen and refused to release the information of the meetings they held for some ridiculous spurious security reason so i hope this starts a cleaning of the shop i suspect it won't uh, I don't think Eddie Howe's going to have to going to be able to carry on the way he is. Um, I just, I, his position is going to become untenable if this carries on, and that's going to create its own problems. But anyway, in Frank, in short, money. It's all about money. <laughs> no one cares where it comes from, and it's got to change. It's well, an the- interesting point. Sorry, Jim, just to close off that thing. It's an interesting point about the employer, um, about speaking out against what is what your employer is saying, which in the case you're talking about with Jamie Carragher and um, yeah. Neville, but it's also a point about uh, Eddie Howe when he's speaking for Newcastle. Because there is, I mean, there. I'm not taking it personally what you're saying about Sky, obviously, but like there is a point about that. Like there are hierarchies within these clubs, right, Jim? So you know, in a sense, it is a bit disgusting that nobody in the more senior element of that Newcastle hierarchy is is talking about these things, and that 
anyhow is saying. So he said, someone asked about um, Saudi Arabia executing these 81 men. It was, over the, it was Tarek, Tarek Panja, who we had Tarek, on Tarek, yeah, friend of the ramble. Um, about, and, and anyhow said, I'm just going to answer questions on the game and on football. I'm still bitterly disappointed by the defeat. I'm here to manage the team and my focus is to produce a football team to win football matches. The juxtaposition of that is so grim. Yeah. Bad luck, really, I'm, isn't it? Yeah. And it's just part the fact of the that deal he was bitterly that disappointed in that context that. is well, just well, part of the reason such is, an error. Like, part of the reason, of course, is because the Saudi Arabian uh, representatives of the PIF won't speak, right? Mm. So it's left to the minority shareholders in like Stavely to speak or to the manager. That's the same with Chelsea. Bramovich never speaks, so two class to do it. But it doubles, that doubles down on what you're saying, that you can do all the money, you can have but, all the benefit, and you can just like skip around and not care about what people are saying. Just very quickly, because I know Jim wants to come in. The how thing is interesting, because having said what I've just said, I don't think he should be working there. So if it were me, I mm. wouldn't take that job. So that's my, a, a person's morals are their own, but I wouldn't take a job working for Newcastle. I think that sounds harsh, but I think it's how I feel. I think the players have a responsibility as well. And Eddie Howe, as the figurehead of the club, has a big responsibility. But it's a little bit more detailed than that, because Eddie Howe, as a, quote, football guy, who you know, may not be, feel like he's qualified to speak on these things, has, by the League Managers Association and by the Premier League and all the decision makers... Made, had it made clear to him that it's acceptable apparently in football in England for, for them to own it. So if he thinks that, then mm. why, if he's not a particularly deep thinking person, should he not receive kind of tacit endorsement from that? Go, well, it's obviously fine for me to go and work for them then because they've been welcomed into part of the football family effectively, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, it's, a, it's a bit pleading kind of ignorance in a convenient way and it's problematic. Well, it's, it's, well, it's, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to empathise with his position, you know? It's deliberate cognitive dissonance, isn't it? Essentially, he's he's dealing with that by just not thinking about it. That's mm. the, 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 that has to be the case. What I was going to say I was going to come back to the point you made earlier about uh, about money and the Premier League's obsession with money. Mm. And Abramovich is a is a is a is a symptom of this as well. The idea always seems to be money first, details later, right? And mm. in this week where all of this is happening, this huge sort of controversy about these things, we are questioning the nature of ownership models, we're questioning the, the strength of the, not just the fit and proper person's test, but the concept of, 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 of what sort of person you should allow into the game and how, how the game should be run, really, in terms of protecting fans as well. This week, the Premier League have announced an official NFT partner. Who are, which is an unregulated market, which is the same fucking thing. It's money first, details later. It's, it's, it's just crass. It is repeatedly crass in, in every conceivable way. And it's, as you, as you say, Luke, I hope we are getting to a point with some sort of sea change and perhaps Chelsea. And I feel for their, I feel for their level headed fans that they might be, you know, the, they might be the example made here and they might be the, the first thing that really suffers for this change to happen. But yeah. it has to because it's getting ridiculous. It's like it's it is getting absolutely it's, absurd. There's talk of another Saudi group trying to buy well, Chelsea, which exactly is like, yeah. yeah. This rumours of this bit. I mean, but, we don't, we haven't, we don't know for sure that that's correct, but. It's also, it, 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 cool, but it's it, sure. And we will see how that transpires. But Saudi media group. Yeah, but, but the thing is, how can any elected body, like a government in this country, take any kind of leadership or moral high ground when they're completely funded and flooded with Russian money and they are selling arms to Saudi Arabia and have been for years and our Prime Minister is, as we speak, on a plane to Saudi Arabia now. Like, the problem is there's absolutely no leadership at any level in this country anymore mm. and no one can take the moral high ground because no one's got the moral high ground and it falls upon people who are unqualified to do so, like fan groups and managers of football teams, to kind of offer some kind of guidance Jurgen Klopp gets credit all the time I think he's always really on on point I, I think on social issues Klopp seems to be very very good and Tuchel's done well but they shouldn't have to do it mm. Klopp himself has said that hasn't he it's like, absolutely responsibility it's like yeah. Klopp was the I remember Klopp being one of the lead kind of spokespeople on Covid yeah yeah you know <laughs> and he's also one of the lead spokespeople on the, the players welfare and stuff it's not the point the point is it should be that the problem is they absolve themselves of such responsibility at every level in the hierarchy of running the game in this country and the government in this country, that there's nothing left. The people who, people who don't know anything about politics only really hear Gary Neville say anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy the world we're in now. So, look, I hope it's a tipping point. It probably won't be. Get used to it. Uh, strap yourselves in. But I'm proud that we've at least been able to here and, and elsewhere have been able to kind of hold it to account because that's ultimately what we should be doing. And there's a lot of changes that need to be made. 
interesting perhaps place to leave this as well. The former chief FA chief executive Mark Palios put this nicely. The goal of business is to kill competition indefinitely. The goal of sport is to revive competition yeah. every year. And in the context of the money conversation, yeah, that is probably a key issue that has occurred. I think the only thing people are probably listening to this thinking, how can we do anything about it? I think the best thing you can do is go and, go and support your local non-league club. You know, let's start again. Let's go to community It's non-league spirit. day uh, next week, I think. 26th. Yeah. Let's go, yeah, let's go to soon. non-league clubs. Let's, I'm let's, off to Dulwich Hamlet. Let's have another go at it. Oh, yeah. risque. Yeah. You can't get into Dulwich Hamlet. Get there early would be my tip. Oh, really? Mm. It sells out all the time. But anyway, the point being that you could, you, could, you could start again with the way that football was designed to be, which is community spirit, community focused, people having to feel a real say in their club and you could build it up again. It'd take a long time, but if people start going to their local non-league team, it might change something. Instant yeah. gratification, Luke. That's mm. what we want. I'm actually going to see my local team tomorrow, although that, that is Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. But I still want Good the luck credit. at the Emirates the Stadium, Jim. Yeah, oh, well, indeed, oh, indeed. Yeah. Well, Thanks. this is the thing, though. Thanks, but you make Jim, a point. There, a, a, a lot of these partnerships are, yeah. they're not obvious. I mean, the Emirates clearly is obvious as it's the name of the stadium and it's on the shirts, <laughs> but like loads of clubs have, they have partners all over the place. Like yeah. everyone is, there's a, there's a case to answer for everyone yeah. almost, isn't there? Yeah. Tonight, Pot Noodles, Manchester United play Atletico. <laughs> Is that their official snack partner? I think so. Oh, good. Yeah. I think there might be a specific microwavable snack partner. I imagine they have a different kind I of once, snack partner as their core snack partner. At Arsenal once, I once got delayed with an interview with a player because um, his interview with their Rwandan beer partner had overrun. Mm. So yeah, We had a Rwandan malt drink at one let point. Me well, I think. Listen. A specifically... Right, so there's one in Rwanda, there'll yeah. be one in South Africa. There's one. All I'll say to our listeners in is stay listening to the Football Ramble and find out how true the rabbit hole deeply goes. <laughs> it truly, truly goes a long, long way. Wow. Anyway, carry Can on. we have an Amarula pot? You set me off with your the pot ramble. I, lo- I love a bit of that stuff. Uh, it's 1-1. Ralph Rangnick says he's not worried about Cristiano Ronaldo's ability to recover in time. Um, it's been three days since he scored that hat-trick against Spurs. He's 37. Um, former <laughs> teammate of Harry Maguire, uh, Hamid Al-Mahamadi, has been digging him out as well. He, he doesn't need it, does he, Jim? He just doesn't need any more people digging This is digging fascinating, him. isn't it? Yeah. I, I, are we just, is the whole just, world just bullying Harry Maguire? No, I, I, it's like, very I, weird. I want to know what, what it is want? about Harry Maguire's character which means that people feel like they can just get stuck in. Yeah. Sorry, England slabbed. Yeah, the thing is, he's made captain of Man United or whatever, and people just don't seem to have any respect he's for him. Mad. And I'm not saying it's his fault. I actually feel quite sorry for him because yeah. he's, he's having quite oh, a bad... Oh, great, that's what you want. A leader that everyone feels sorry for. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> he's having quite a bad season. Man United are having, a, you know, by their own standards, a kind of problematic time. It's not all Harry Maguire's fault. Roy Keane gets stuck into... Oh my God, this is yeah. the lamest thing I've ever heard. Roy Keane, you want about on Sky? On about yeah. the gloves? Yeah. Oh, fuck. He, he would have been one being like, you know that when Sean Dyche was in Burnley in the snow? Yeah. He would have been like, oh yeah, proper hard man, doesn't need a coat, I'd no, imagine. No, I think Roy Keane would have been threatened by that. He'd have gone out with no all right, shirt so, on at all. So gloves are like... So he, what he said was, are they wearing gloves? About uh, Maguire and Varane, who warmed up with gloves. It was cold-ish. Why do you need your hands to be cold in advance? I would be pro them having those little, you know, snap them and they get warm and you warm your hands up. Keep yeah. everything warm. You know, American quarterbacks have a little hand warmer. Nice. Really? It's important. It's important. It's, it's well, soft, it's, it's, soft it's, though, the Americans. Yeah. Incremental yeah. marginal yeah. gains. American football players famously <laughs> soft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, he says, are they wearing gloves? Is that what I'm seeing? Am I seeing things? That's a great message. Yeah, two big, strong centre-halves. I don't mind full-backs wearing gloves, but not your two centre-halves. What an absolutely insane thing to say. Roy Keane, come here. Allow me. I'm going to take him on. Allow me to. <laughs> yeah? Take your gloves off. Huh? Uh, allow me to play devil's advocate here. No. Oh, God. Okay. Seriously, though, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I instinctively agree with you. Yeah. But, you know, if sports about aggregated marginal gains. Then he should be wearing gloves. He, on his side, he should argue be wearing gloves, but he should also be weighing up what effect that's having on the opposition. Okay, what I'd like is for us to do some sort of research paper that we can then subsequently deliver a, a ramble. I a can't tell ramble. you how far away I am from co-authoring an academic research paper with you, Mason. Yeah, it would just end up about badges. Mad. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. mad. I'll is be it... doing all the referencing, all the sourcing. <laughs> And I'll be doing all the deep thinking. All right, fine. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I like that a lot, actually. Um, well, yes. So anyway, um, I just don't think anyone else thinks about it. Is what was going is what was going to come I in. Think with about, we think it, about it. We think about it. It used to be a thing, didn't it? It used to be a thing that British 
mostly British pundits and other players and managers would criticise, quote, foreign people mm-hmm. for wearing gloves. So they wouldn't take into account that you just yeah, come from yeah, Stoke. I think that's Keane's generation, certainly. I don't think modern footballers would think of it at all. I remember Paula Radcliffe famously wearing gloves on a lot of her races. She was like, look, your extremities get cold. It's, mm. it's, it's part of it. But I do think there's an element to this where you go, whether we like it or not, and I know it's not very really fashionable to say so, and Mason will probably roll her eyes, and that's fair enough. But there is an element in football, whether you like it or not, that you have to be at least partly physically intimidating to be successful, right? There's a reason they, they yeah, become I'm not really suggesting big. he wears his, like, you know, Barney the dinosaur gloves. I'm suggesting... Well, I, just, I'm suggesting he does do what that. What about some faking gloves? Dinosaurs, That's quite intimidating, isn't it? Dinosaurs are terrifying. Is that true, though? Because Vish was at the Emirates recently. He said Robert Perez was in the press room mm-hmm. and he said he thought he could take him. Yeah, but Vish is and, all mouth, isn't he? <laughs> As soon as Jules is around, Vish is all mouth. He's all mouth. Suddenly we call it, yeah, now he's the handsomest member of the Ramble. Oh, no, well, he's having, yeah. he's having, he got a good press there. He did, yeah. I was on holiday. Uh, Vish's Vish, Vish happy place is with a bottle of wine in his kitchen cooking some dinner. Mm. And he should just stop pretending it's anything different. That's, that can There's be nothing ma- wrong with that. That can be macho. It can be. In his case, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Time to get out of here. If you would like some more football in your ears today, not from us, might be better. Um, up front <laughs> are out uh, on Football Ramble Presents. Chelsea savage a critical win in the WSL amidst all the controversy going on around the club. I imagine they'll talk about that too. Flo, Rachel and Chloe are with you. We also spoke to Freya Coombe, who's the new head coach of Angel City FC in LA, who play the first game in their history this weekend. So don't forget to subscribe to Football Ramble Presents now and listen later on tomorrow's show. It's Marcus, Andy and Fish. I thought you'd be doing the double loop because you're so excited Back on excited Thursday with you, be... mate. Oh, oh. I requested oh. it. So I need to keep an eye on her. Spicy. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, when are you back, Jim? Um, Thursday as well, I believe. Oh, wow. Wow. Games wow. all back together. More of this. Yeah. Wow. More yeah. of this, people. We can do Spurs then. Yeah, okay, yeah. I promise you, listening, I'll get I'll get stuck into Spurs. <laughs> well, we can hardly wait. Oh, well, I'm, I'm on Friday, that. apparently, <laughs> anyway. <so. laughs> How much, exactly how much have you got on? Uh, not enough for this to be an issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the Shackett gang will be back with you <laughs> at some point later this week. We hope you will join us. Thanks for listening to today's Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. 